0: Hi, this is Baruch Lurie, and this is the Baruch Lurie Podcast with me always is my uh, producer, good friend, Ari David, always a pleasure. And uh, we want to uh, talk a little bit differently today about a couple of myriad subjects. Um, you know, as we speak today, uh, Israel is dealing with the, uh, the monsters in Gaza, um, and God help uh, them destroy these evil sons of bitches. Well said. Uh, yeah, I like that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Poetic. Uh, you know, look, as I said on my Sunday show, there is no greater place to see the distinction between good and evil today than what you're seeing in Gaza. These guys are pretty, pretty bad, uh, the Palestinians, the Arabs that support them, uh, vicious, vicious, evil people. Uh, and the Israelis are the good guys. There you go, I've said it. But there's, there's, it's so clear. Uh, you have one group that uh, uh, sees um, that their their job is to uh, avoid civilian casualties as much as possible, and um, to try to just encourage peace as much, much as possible, to try to encourage humanitarian efforts as much as possible. And you have the other side that tries to do exactly the opposite. It's 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 almost cartoonish when you think about it, right? It's like. Uh, or, or a, a, like a comic book, you know, between Superman and, you know, any of his evil enemies. But with uh, Israel and Gaza, it's actually more extreme as an example. Uh, you have Israel on the one hand trying to avoid civilian deaths as much as possible. And when it comes to, uh, uh, and, and try to just encourage peace, that's all they want. They don't want to destroy uh, the Palestinians, they don't want to destroy their Arab neighbors. They just want peace, period. And uh, by contrast, you have the Hamas and, uh, you know, the other crazies out there in the Arab world who just want to destroy Israel. That's it. And uh, and the way they do it, of course, tactically, is to throw their babies there and uh, encourage the Israelis to kill as many children as they can so that they can show it to the Western media and then uh, try to win on the PR front. It's a disgusting uh, tactic. It's horrific. Even I, I, I could not even imagine my wildest dreams to use my own children uh, and hoping that they would die somehow so that it could, it could play out for a better good. Crazy. But that's, that's the, the uh, world that we live in. It's, um, and that's where it is in, uh, in Gaza. And I, I, want, I want this to be uh, concluded. I, I, what I'm very happy about is to see how much of the world wants... Israel to go in and get these mother effers out. I want them dead. I want these these terrorists uh, bastards gone. Uh, I, I want them uh, to to never even dream of the idea of starting this kind of crap again. That's what I want. And I'm I'm pleased to see that so many of other people, including uh, a lot of my American friends, think just the same way. I know you do. I know I do. Uh, well, your your tactic may be a little bit more aggressive. We talked about this before. Uh, and that would be to totally obliterate and not have a single splinter left uh, in Gaza. At least the bombs I would use are named after flowers.
1: Daisy cutters. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I, uh,
0: I think what Israel is doing, and we actually predicted this, it wasn't that hard to predict. Uh, but uh, it was the notion that it's going to go in there and, and uh, give drop leaflets and such. Uh, and, and be sophisticated about telling people to get the hell out so they can blow up this these these monstrous places and these tunnels because it 's going to be dangerous, right just like you would like you would uh, if you want to do a construction site and you planning to demolish a previous building for the purpose of building a new one right you wouldn 't encourage people to to go anywhere near that in fact, you would create all sorts of trellises and and uh, construction safety areas so that people wouldn 't go there
1: you mean that those wood barricades let's say post no bills and no entry, yeah. hard hat required. Yeah. Oh yeah, those,
0: those, those kind of things, right? So, but that's that's what Israel does. But if if you choose to go late at night, let's say, in the, using the construction zone example again, and hop over the fence, and then you you know, then you put your your plant your foot into a, a nail that's popping out, and it goes right through your foot. Well, you know what? You have nobody to blame but yourself, schmuck. That's the way it works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, Spoken and, like a true lawyer. <laughs> right, and if you and if you uh, find yourself in a vat of acid because and it, and it says vat of acid, don't go here. And then you some somehow get in there. Well, then again, you know you have only to <laughs> only yourself to blame, you schmuck.
1: <laughs> Triggle Homer Simpson,
0: uh, ex, you know, uh, action there. But the, the problem is, it, and we're not just talking about kids who don't know how to read signs, right? Or don't, uh, but but we're talking about people that purposefully put their children in harm's way, for a different purpose altogether, and that is, of course, to to gain the sympathy of the world. It's so pathetic. It's so sick. Um, it's it's like um, it's it's a far worse uh, uh, example uh, of all those poor kids in India who who whose uh, hands are chopped off for the purpose of getting sympathy from. So more money, money as beggars. Yeah, like more money. Yeah. Millionaire
1: when they blinded that kid.
0: Exactly, and uh, and that way they'll get more attention. That's, I mean, at least those kids are still alive, um, and they're not doing it for the purpose of uh, of getting media attention to it. These guys are doing this to the extreme. They they want they want their children to die. Yeah, And the
1: other thing is that we're hearing a news report that, uh, for those of us who listen to real news, that Hamas is forcing people to stay in the building that gets leafleted, innocent people. Yeah. I don't think people have the full perception of what this is. Hamas isn't asking, and they're not asking nicely. They're taking guns and pointing them at the innocent Arabs who are mothers and fathers and forcing them into the building that's about to get a bomb put down its uh, chimney. Yeah.
0: You know, it's uh, not like,
1: hey, uh, you know, for, for Allah's grace, go up there. Like, no, uh, well, here's a gun. Go up there. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. And they shoot them if they don't. They have no choice. They have no choice. This is um, this is the evil that we're seeing in the Gaza Strip, which leads me to my next point. And this is a point that is very uh, personal, very intimate, very uh, hopefully thought provoking. Um, but I want to share with you some some really strong personal thoughts. You know, you can't help but see the, the whole Gaza situation, and a part of you says, you know what, this is just going to keep on happening again and again. Why are the Israelis having to be so ginger in their attack? Um, and, and we know why, because of the media's watching and so on. But a part of all of us, those who truly love Israel, and, and those who truly uh, understand what goodness means and what evil is, all of us, there's a part of us says, you know what? These effers, these bastards, let's just wipe them all out, right? I mean, it's, we've given them all the fair shake that we can, um, and they've put their own innocent people uh, at risk, and there's a part of us that just wants to wipe it out. And that would, be, that would be the end of the problem. And it sounds horrendous, and it is horrendous, and I'm not advocating it, but there's a part of us that wants to speak of, of, of that, And uh, we certainly did that with Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, in World War II. In Dresden. And Dresden is a really good example. Yeah, we totally carpet bombed it, and there was there was almost no military um, uh, strategy in destroying Dresden. Dresden was was destroyed solely as punishment and revenge for the viciousness of the Battle of Britain and many other things that the Germans had done. Uh, Many innocent people had done. It was it was a Tremendous firestorm. That was a horrific thing. And and to even... But but it was effective. It got the job done. And war, my friends, is hell. That's the point, I guess. Uh, And we, we have difficulty talking about this. There are things that need to be done in war that are just something that you can't put on TV. Our modern civilized attitudes toward life make it very difficult to discuss these things. Right. And... For us to um, – it would be nice to, to go ahead and make sure that you only shoot the bad guys and make sure before you shoot them to have them confirm that they're a bad guy and that they've engaged in this or that terrorist activity in the past. Okay, now may I have permission to shoot you? Yes, I, yes yeah. you do. Now that you go put shoot, your name
1: tag on that says, you I'm know, terrorist. bad guy. Right. <laughs> exactly right.
0: That would be nice, but it doesn't – you know, while you go through all these procedures, of course, the bad guys advance. They gain – the toehold that we don't want them to gain. And it's, uh, the reality is we, we have to be firm. And we have to, make, at some point, somewhere along the line, we're going to have to say, F this. F political correctness. correctness and we're going, to, we're going to kill some, um, we're going to have some major collateral damage in the process. Because if we don't do it, then these bad guys, these mother effers, are going to take over our entire planet and our entire way of life. And we can say to ourselves, while we're up in heaven, after having been slaughtered, that, well, at least we lived well. Okay, but then, then what are you leaving behind? You know, and guess what? They're going to be slaughtering each other. They don't have the, the political correctness that you and I have. So we know that political correctness only, uh, can, only um, encourages violence. It only makes you more vulnerable to the enemy. And we have to do something about it. And this is this is the intimate part of it. This is the personal part of it. These are the things that we need to discuss. Can we afford being politically correct? And the answer, of course, is not. We're even afraid to say the words uh, all Muslims, right? I mean, I mean we talked about uh, you can't even say this is a war on Islam, right? It is a war on Islam. I mean, uh, Ali, uh, I what's her name? Ali Kirsi, Kirsi Ali. Kirsi Ali, yeah. She, uh, she's right. She said we are at war with Islam, whether you realize it or not. You don't have to like it. You may be afraid of it, but we are at war with Islam. All right? Are there good Muslims? Yes, of course. But see, see see how even I'm talking right now. I'm, I'm having to qualify myself all the time. But, but but, you know, nobody during World War II qualified themselves with the Germans or the Japanese. They didn't say, "We got to get the Japanese. We got to get them." You know, down to their knees and win this war, and then, and and all these people jump up and say, "Well, there are some good Japanese, you know, who really do like America." And no, we just we didn't talk that way, because it's slowing us down, not just from a standpoint of time, but a standpoint of of, of uh, squashing our will to fight. It's 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 also eviscerating our ability to see the distinction between good and evil. We're constantly qualifying all the time just the other day, I was um, with a family, with my family, um, my extended family, my sisters and my brothers, and I said, the, one of the key distinctions is, you know, they're going to have an easier time because they're willing to, they love death and, and we love life, okay? So, and I'm ready to move on with the topic and, and, you know, go to my main argument, and they have to stop me. You can't say that about everyone. You can't say that they love death. Every one of them does. I said, Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Can we move on, please? Okay, because you can't engage in this nonsense. So here are other things that we need to talk about and be very frank about. Um, we're feminizing this this culture, whether you realize it or not. Our culture, our culture, not theirs. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I wish their culture. was, yeah, was feminized. Femorize. That 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 might uh, make things a lot easier. But um, no, we're drinking some sort of Kool Aid that feminizes our culture, and um, the the boys are not uh, they're not boys anymore. You know that even in my own son's uh, elementary school, they—I've learned that they purposely pick boys that they consider to be not as aggressive, right? I'm not talking about kids. You mean to enter the school? To enter the school, they don't want rambunctious boys, boys with a lot of energy. Okay, I'm not talking about ADD kids. No, you're talking about me, right? You I, know, I, 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 and probably you. Yeah, and probably me, right? They—they um, they want boys who are soft who who uh don't you know won't make waves do you have any of your sickness bags or know, a bucket in your office it, it's it's disgusting the whole thing wow. and then of course once they're in there they want to of course continue that policy and so i'm i'm going to say out there that we are screwing up our boys how about that okay and, and i don't want to hear this crap that somehow this doesn't apply to all boys you know what stop okay we're talking about a major problem that no one is addressing whatsoever and it is it is the war on boys It is this treatment of boys that they should be feminized, and I'm sick of it, right? I mean, my boy comes back, and he tells me the things that they expect him to do in the school, and they don't even think twice about it. Uh, I'll give you the quick example that they have a math problem, right? So the math problem is as follows. Sally has six flowers. She gives two of those flowers to her friend Mary. How many flowers does Sally now have? Okay, what do you think the boys are thinking? Boys are thinking math sure is boring. They're not interested in that. They, you, why not? If they don't want to make a guns. That's fine. I didn't, I didn't say that we should have to make a guns, right? I can see the feminists all say, well, you want guns. I, did I say anything about guns? How about just saying rocks? <laughs> or how about a ball? Or a football? Or how about just uh, cups? But it has to be feminine, you understand. It has to be a flower. And it's all about pink and dances and what the frig is going on? So I, I'm, I'm upset about this, not just because of this, but what I'm really upset about is that we're unable to discuss this. So we had this discussion at the school, and I say, you know, don't you think we should be trying to focus on a different way of teaching to the, to the boys? And this is one of my gripes of, of uh, the way liberals respond, because they always think all people are the same. We've talked about this before. And she said, well, we don't like to think of it in terms of boys and girls. We like to think of it. every individual. We teach to the individual. And I and I just thought, well, if you're teaching to the individual, you're certainly putting my boy in a cookie-cutter uh, situation where you're trying to raise him like a girl. Don't tell me you're raising him like an individual. You're treating him like a girl. And, my, and, and it, it broke my heart when... My son is, is telling me in, in the car, I don't know, just in passing, he said, he said, my school, you know what? It's a great girl's school. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, my, it just breaks my heart. And, and he's right. It's a great girl's school. My son goes to a girl's school. <laughs> okay. Now you, you were kind of intimating the other day uh, that, uh, you know, they have, they should have girl's school, right? Guess what? They already do. They're, they're all, all the private schools, and, and probably a lot of the public schools, they're girls' schools. Okay? We're sending our boys to girls' schools. How do you like that? Because that's exactly what, what's happening. You know, a long time ago we talked about, um, you know, we're fish in the water, right? You know, we don't even know that we're in the water. The fish doesn't know it, he's in the water. And likewise, we don't know that we're feminizing our boys. You have to you have a certain level of objectivity to actually see it. The problem is, if you're an educator, you have no idea because you're just swimming in this water, as it were. And you're here, you're in your own echo chamber, and everyone's got these wonderful ideas of no guns and such like that, zero tolerance like we talked about before. And then they wonder why the boys, And it, but it's right there in front of them, why the boys are not going to college, why they're not going to graduate school, why they have checked out, why they have no motivation, and why they think of uh, school as a, as a girl thing. They wonder. You know, and, and how many parents have you heard speaking about their older children, meaning children who are in the late 20s and, and 30s, and they say, you know, Mary and Sally, they're doing great, you know, she's a lawyer, she's a doctor, and, and uh, you know, Teddy, well, you know, he, I guess he's a work in progress. How many times have you heard that? Right? If you're listening, I know that you've heard that many times, and I'll tell you why Teddy is a work in progress, euphemistically, Right? The reason why is that Teddy has lost all motivation. He has no ambition. Does this sound familiar, folks? He is not interested in life whatsoever. I'll tell you why. Because you didn't nurture his interest in life. You didn't. He has a programming, and it's called protection and protecting. Just like the girl has a programming that is about nurturing and seeking resolution and such like that, which is all lovely, very nice. It's completely equal, and I really mean it. I'm not trying to be PC here. It's lovely. I have a daughter. I want her to enjoy that. But you, you, can't, you can't make boys into that. You can only make a boy into what he needs to be, which is a man. And if you want a man who has his own ambition and his own motivation, the way to do it is to encourage him to see the world as fighting bad guys, to fight evil, and that is main, that's his main mission. So you know what I'm really proud of my son? Because I, I teach him the good stuff outside of school. And I talked to Dennis Prager about this. He was at my house the other day, and, he, he, and I, I told him about my fears, that, that uh, my son might not have that motivation that I'm looking... I also told him I, I, was, I was afraid that my son would not be conservative, and Dennis looks at me, and he says, you don't have to worry about a thing. Because <laughs> he knew that I was teaching my son outside. So what does my son now want to be in his life? What's his dream? And Ari, you're going to smile when you hear this. He wants to be the next Ariel Sharon, and he wants to be a general in the Israeli army to fight the bad guys. I didn't encourage him. He just wants to know how he can fight the bad guys. I I welled up in tears, but then I realized that's not manly, and I like that that's not manly, (laughs) and I was so happy that my son is even thinking this way. So, Anyway, that's, that's the, the feminization thing. I, I want to call a spade as a spade, right? Um, and likewise, when it comes to um, the, the gay culture that's coming out, I'm, I'm afraid, we're all afraid to talk about the, the gay world out there. That, you, that I want to say, when I see a couple, a gay couple, raising a child, I want to say, this is outrageous. What are you doing? This is so selfish of you. What's the matter with you? How could you do this? And it's it's truly selfish. I want to say that, but you have to be careful. You, you can't speak your mind. But if you were to see, and I'm not equating the two precisely, but if you were to see today a, a father berating his son in, in public because you're seeing him, right, and saying, Charlie, how can you I've told you a thousand times, do not touch my bike or whatever it is. And, you know, get away from that and get away from right now, right? A lot of parents would feel totally fine coming up to that father and say, leave that boy alone, right?
1: Uh, Barack, yeah. men don't have bikes. Men have Porsches. Don't touch my Porsche. <laughs> bike, I don't care about. Yeah, I'm a mountain bike so. But
0: I, unfortunately, I don't have to deal with that. I know it. you have a nice bike, so. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But the, but but you, you you get what I'm saying is it's that. People would feel perfectly comfortable coming up to that father. And I'm, I didn't say that father hit the boy, right? By the way, I would never, I never have to speak to my son like that because he's so cool and he just, he and I get along so well and we have, he has an understanding. I'm the boss and he doesn't try to try to get into my face whatsoever. He doesn't, he, he's smarter than that, but that's another issue about parenting. He, um, but, but. That parent that I was just talking about, the father who is kind of getting in the child's face and saying, don't ever do that. I told you a thousand times. Now, knock it off. Don't ever do that again. Let's say you have that. You see that happening, right? Many parents will come charging right up to that father and saying, you are abusing that boy. How dare you do that? You lay lay off that boy. Or I'll call the police. Or I'll call the police, right? Okay. And yet, and yet, all around us are parents that are same-sex couples having that have children and we're supposed to be just embracing of them. We, you would never think to come up to a gay couple and say, what the F are you, are you doing? This is outrageous. You are so selfish. You're going to F up this kid. Right? Oh, well, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. In fact, studies show that some of them are even better. You know. No. No. You're depriving them of a, of a mommy or a daddy as the case may be. What's the matter with you? Right, but you can't talk about that. You can't. You, you can't have the discussion. You see that? I'm, I'm not even encouraging. I, I'm not even saying to you necessarily that this is what I believe, folks. Okay, but you can't even have the friggin' discussion. Is this the ideal? Is this a good thing to do? Is you have to accept it. You have to embrace it. Everything about it. You're talking about how. Uh,
1: people are afraid of even raising the question, The question, even if the question is inappropriate or the answer is no or yes. It doesn't matter right. what the answer is or whether the question is
0: inappropriate. It's just we've, we've gotten to the point where people are afraid to even ask. That's right. That's right. And I'm not even saying that. I, I know a couple of gay couples with children, and, and they seem to be perfectly fine children. That's not where I'm going. I'm simply saying to allow the issue to be raised— yeah, people who are perfectly fine to berate a father who is probably reasonably
1: scolding a child for something
0: yeah. like running in the street, right? You, and you never know what the what yeah. the circumstances uh, are that led up to that point. Yeah. That's that's another example. And then a, a lot a lot of what we are talking about is the gay culture sort of thing. Uh, I, I don't want my child to know, um, you know, to be forced to be told about um, gay sex before he even learns about heterosexual sex. I mean, it, it, it just, it's such madness. Uh, my, um, a good friend of mine, a liberal, um, said, uh, you know, why, why, are, why aren't I teaching my children, who are only nine and six and two, by the way, why aren't I teaching them about gay couples and uh, how they're, they're a fact of life and such? And I say, you know, before I, I, I can do that, I would have to teach them what sex is in the first place and then, and then explain what homosexual sex is. And I'm not about to go there. What the what the frig? What, what, why are you why are you in my face about this? Right? I can't even talk about that. And 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 other things, you know. And the most important thing probably to talk about is um, the 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 creeping Islamic fundamentalism. We can't even say the phrase uh, "war war and terror" anymore. And that phrase wasn't so good in the first place. You 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 had to say now you have to say what is it. Uh, um,
1: Man-caused disasters. Yeah, Mark,
0: that's right. Man-caused disasters. Or overseas contingency operations, yeah. right? As if that means anything. We're in a freaking war, and we got to get the bad guys, and in one case, they're called the Taliban, and in the other case, they're called the uh, the, the, the Saddam loyalists, and uh, we have to get them. And then, the, then, of course, the terrorists themselves, generally speaking. It's a war on terror. And that's that's the most polite thing you can say. But frankly... It is a war in Islam.
1: Well, you know the, the thing is... Oh, and
0: one more thing, one more thing. And I wanted to, and again, not necessarily that I believe it, but I want to be able to talk about it. And I feel like I can't even talk about it. The, the Quran and what Islam has to to uh, to portray, and that it's a, a religion of peace. Can you please show me where the where the peacefulness has has broken out? Where I, I always see is monstrosity. I mean, it's like, it's like the liar that is constantly lying, and I'm sure that he tells the truth once in a while, and then he say, see, I, I tell the truth, right? But, but nine out of, no, 19 out of 20 times you tell lies. And then the one time you tell me the truth and you want to get credit for being a, a truthful person? I'm sorry, my friend, you're a liar. And at the same, I, 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 if I were a Muslim, a, a moderate Muslim, a one who doesn't believe in this terrorist craziness, Not only would I speak out against it, but I would want, if anything, I'd be embarrassed. I would say, oh my gosh, let me show you all the good things that Islam does. I want you to understand, my dear non-Muslim friend, that the violence that you're seeing and the horrific stuff that you're seeing, yes, it's very bad, but that is just a drop. You're only seeing the horrible stuff. Please let me show you all the great stuff that we do. But you would think out of self-interest they would say that. But no, instead they they say nothing, nothing. So all they're left with is the evil that we see. And they they just want us to, to refer to it as the religion of peace.
1: And then that old thing about evil can't succeed without good people doing nothing. If they are these moderate, wonderful people, why are they doing nothing and letting evil just flourish? Yeah. The other thing that is so kind of infuriating about it, and then I want to touch upon something that all those situations has in common, is that if you were Christian or Jewish, we're Jewish, and our faith, the core of our faith is follow the Ten Commandments or in the case of Christianity, love thy brother, and we saw huge numbers of highly visible public acts of the opposite of that, wouldn't you be motivated to leave the faith? immediately? I would. Yeah, I would leave Judaism immediately. I don't know if I'd be an atheist or something else or just follow my belief in God on my own terms, in my own That's right. language, but I would have nothing to do with synagogues or churches.
0: Sure,
1: I would abandon it immediately and publicly. Well, This, and is, this why, is very, if this is the, very if similar these, to if, the point. If, if the point you're making is that there are all these wonderful as, as the political forces insist, there are all these wonderful people. Why, are, why isn't apostasy
0: being committed on masse? Uh, yeah, because they're terrified of apostasy themselves. But this is very similar to what, what we talked about before—the embarrassments of the left. Remember? Yes. And how, um, if 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 you're an, an an intellectually honest person, an intellectually consistent person, if you were to see and accept and embrace all the uh, embarrassments of the left throughout the histories in the past 150 years, you would rightly say, you know what? This is uh, this is a loser enterprise. <laughs> Maybe I'd I'd uh, rethink what I think. And maybe even join the, the, the guys on the right because they seem to get it. They've got it going. They've, you know, I, I don't like their haircuts. I don't like their clean cut things. But you know what? They've been right about everything. So maybe they, that's what caused me to jump, right? And, yeah. I did, and by the way, I did like their haircuts. <laughs> but the same thing applies to your own faith. And that's what you're saying. And it's a good point. Um, and it's, we, we, I mean, in a sense, we're talking about embarrassments of Islam. Yeah, this
1: week, for instance, Brad Sherman, the congressman of the valley north of here, who's Jewish and a Democrat, tweeted, I mourn for the Israelis killed. I tweeted back to him. I said, stop mourning and leave the Democrat Party if you care so much about Israel. Yeah. Leave it. Yeah. How dare you stay as a Democrat? And then give us this line about mourning because your mourning is either completely insincere or
0: you don't see that you are on the side of the enemy. Right. They they don't they don't get it. Uh, being on the Democrats, it would be very tough, and that was one of the reasons why I left. Is I, I felt that I could not be on uh, the Democrat Party and still uh, uh, love Israel. It, it just it seemed like it was always I, you know it was a situation of uh, I'm a Democrat, but right. And I don't want yeah, that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not I'm a
1: Democrat, but I'm not one of those Democrats. I still like Israel. Right, right. I'm not a Democrat, but I don't go to SDS protests. No, it was, on the it was no, it was more
0: apologetic than that, Dari. It was, I'm a I'm a Democrat, but by the way, I just want you to know I'm I'm also pro-Israel. You know, like you have to explain it, and then they would say, okay, well, all right, we'll deal with that, but uh, you know, we can still keep you in in the party, so to speak. You know what? There's so many one issue voters, and especially abortion voters, right? Um, that they, they're okay. They they tune out literally everything else and pro choice, pro choice, pro choice. That's who I'm going to vote for. That person could literally uh, demand 99.9 uh, percent of your of your money, and in taxes, it could it could advocate for the destruction of Israel altogether,
1: or rape women in the White House hypothetically, allegedly. All right.
0: It could it could uh, it could do every, it could vote for communism and so long as they are pro choice. that that voter is going to vote for them. And it's it's just so stupid. But that's another thing. That's truly another thing. And I want to get back to the Muslim thing, which is, please, uh, I want to be able to have a serious discussion about the evils that Islam has committed in Allah's name. And all you're leaving me with, my dear Muslim friend who is listening, and I know there are a few of you out there, all you're leaving with us by not fighting back, by not explaining yourself, you're you're making us wonder. Gosh, all we see is is mayhem and evil, and that if we don't convert to Islam, that we're going to be killed and maimed. Um, then I don't see any. I don't see any anything else. So I, I want, please, to have the discussion as to why I should think of Islam as anything other than a warrior religion born out of fire and violence. That's what I want to know. Because right now, good for today, I, I, I don't know a single Muslim that is advocating for why Islam is such a great thing. Not one. Anyway, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there's so many things that we need to talk about and we're just tiptoeing around these issues and we need to discuss them. Because one day we will PC ourselves to death this is Barack Lurie thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you next week